Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. Like I always say, great relationships begin within. And, oh, I can feel my breath right now. My breath is a little bit tight, maybe, or high in my chest. I can't tell. Well, a lot of you who know what we're going to be talking about today might relate. We're going to be talking with uh, our guest, Matthew McKay, who's written a book called Seeking Jordan. Uh, we're going to be talking about the truth about death and the invisible universe, and I'm just noticing my breath is a little bit more rapid than normal. Where are you at in your body? What are you noticing about your relationship with your body and your breath right now? Well, at the beginning of every one of my shows, what we try to do together is cultivate our practice. We try to get present. One of the ways we do that is finding our breath noticing our breath so we can get present, so we can receive the presence in this case that Matthew McKay has for us. And I'll tell you, I've just gotten through reading his book, and again, my heart is still beating, and my breath is a little shallow. It's, it's quite a lot, the journey that I've been on, and no doubt Matthew McKay and his family have been on and uh, that we are about to go on together here. So find your breath wherever you find yourself. If you're driving, just noticing where your breath is in your body, maybe in your belly. Maybe you haven't noticed it yet. We don't need to do anything about it. Just notice. Our breath is breathing us. And then we bring awareness and just notice what's happening. Might Deepen your breath if that feels good. Yep, there you go. You feel that starting to maybe just drop in a little, letting everything else go except what needs to be here right now in your present time. And the second part of our practice that we like to do together is find a portal of gratitude, shifting our perspective and our present consciousness, right? Noticing what our relationship is to gratitude. This topic brings up a lot of that for, for folks. Uh, yeah, when we, lose, when we lose loved ones, trying to make contact with the other side, there's a lot to be grateful for. It really does shift our perspective. Where are you at in your relationship with gratitude right now? And just noticing, again, nothing necessarily to do yet except notice where you're at with it, here's one of my favorite questions to ask is, who helped make it possible for you to do 
what you're doing right now. Now let's add this. Who helped make it possible for you to be in your being right now? Just spending some time with that. So I go down our list of folks who make this program possible, starting with the OneWorldChildrenFund.org, if you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, we've got the National Action Organization helping change the way our culture values each other. The National Action Organization makes this program possible. 100% of the proceeds go to programming just like this. And at the local level, we've got the Open Secret Bookstore in Santa Fe, California. They've got the latest in meditation and revelation. And they have been our sponsor for about a decade now here on Marian Live. So... Just noticing where you're at, with your breath, are you feeling some modicum of gratitude, if not the shifting perspective. It is not easy to get to, and it doesn't always happen right as we're talking about it. We just want to create the conditions where that's possible for us to open up and widen and as we turn our attention to our special guest today. Uh, we're going to see how it may feel impossible at times to take a full breath, to feel our gratitude at all when we've lost someone, particularly lost a child. Matthew McKay is joining us today. He's the author of Seeking Jordan, How I Learned the Truth About Death and the Invisible Universe. When Matthew McKay's son, Jordan, was murdered, he set out to discover the truth about why we're here and what happens when we die. He determined to listen and look for his dead son in any way he could. A psychologist with a deep love of science, he never expected to learn a technique called channeled writing, connected, connecting uh, with Jordan on the other side. And uh, he became convinced that the heart of pain exists uh, in things he never imagined. In the same way, he says, Jordan helps me when I'm afraid or full of doubt. Your loved ones are watching over you in dreams or feelings or direct replies, if you ask. Well, today we're going to find out how to ask and li listen together with Matthew McKay, Ph.D. Uh, he's the author of numerous books, and in 1979 he co-founded the Haight-Ashbury Psychological Services in San Francisco and served as its clinical director for 25 years, and he's joining us today uh, on Marian Live. We're so glad you're here, Matthew. Welcome to the program. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. Oh, we're so glad you're here, and my goodness, I mean, uh, I'm so sorry for your loss, Matthew. Well, uh, it turned, um, when I lost Jordan, I was faced with the two questions I think every person who's lost someone they love deeply uh, has to face. Uh, is that person, that soul, does, it, does that soul still exist? And are they okay? Are they happy? And so that really uh, set set me out on this journey to find Jordan and initially just, just to answer those two questions. Uh, and later he had many more things to tell me. So it was a it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It was a tragedy that just uh, took my life apart in some ways, but it also gave me something. Uh, the first is quest, and then all of the knowledge that Jordan has passed on to me. So, so much was gained, and much was lost. Yes, and you know, 
funny as I thank you for that and as I sit here trying to find words myself to express what I'm feeling in my heart and most of our listeners who can barely imagine what it must feel like to lose a child, sometimes we reach for language that doesn't exactly describe what we mean and I could hear in the hesitation in your voice after having read your book that it's not even accurate what I'm saying anymore for you, that you feel Jordan's presence here and now and you also feel his loss, isn't that right? I feel the loss of that boy who I could hug and hear his his voice and and I and not and I don't get to watch his life unfold and to be enthralled with all the the changes and the ways he's growing and developing. So I, I miss all of that, but I have gained uh, a way to speak with him. I can have conversations anytime I want to have them. I get to visit with him, and I get to learn from him in a way that could only be possible because he's on the other side and he has knowledge that all of us forget. We all have amnesia for the truth of where we come from and why we're here. Uh, and so to be able to hear from him on the other side and get knowledge that I would never have any possibility of knowing is uh, is an extraordinary extraordinary gift. Yeah, particularly given your um, training as a scientist, right, as a psychologist and a researcher, uh, and you write about this in your book that there was conflict, uh, I would imagine, or didn't even occur to you that there would ever be contact. So let's talk about this, if you will, this when you found out that Jordan was, in fact, gone and uh, you were inspired, how? Or what, what compelled you to even think you could make contact with him again? Well, I had, some years before Jordan died, this is maybe, maybe six years or so before he died, read a book by uh, Michael Newton called Journey of Souls. And in that book, it was Newton is a psychologist like I am. He's a behavioral therapist. He's a hypnotherapist. And he had stumbled on a way of using hypnosis to not just regress people to a past life, but to to surprise the life between lives. And I was just fascinated by what he had done. He'd, he'd done it with 7,000 people before he ever wrote the book. And they all describe very, very similar pictures of the afterlife. So I was very interested. I learned how to do it. Uh, I've had that experience as well done for me. And so before Jordan died, I had already gotten interested in what the, the afterlife might look like and questions about why we're here and um, and why souls you know, incarnate to this planet. So uh, when he died, uh, I had the hope that... It, it could be possible to reach him. It could be possible to uh, get across the, the divide. And, uh, and so I, I just set out to do that. I, the first step for me was um, maybe about six months after Jordan died, I went to see a psychologist named Alan Botkin. Uh, he's in Chicago, and he developed a technique called induced after-death communication. And I'd read about it, an extraordinary uh, technique that uh, uses 
um, a trauma uh, treatment that I actually know how to do, and uh, but a small variation on that allowed him to um, induce a state where clients actually heard and or saw the, the dead person that they grieved, and uh, he had really good outcomes. So I went and and sought that experience. So that was the first step I took, and after. He worked with me. I had a, a full auditory experience of hearing Jordan's voice. I heard his voice for the first time after his death. He said very clearly things to me, uh, very direct to me. He had messages for his mother. And so in that moment with Botkin's induced after-death communication strategy, I had answered those two questions. Jordan was still, he still existed. He still loved us. He was still watching over us. And most importantly to me, he was still, he was happy and in a good place. So that was the first step for me. Well, let me just stop here for a second, Matthew. What was that like for you? I mean, I hear that you had your questions answered, and you do talk about it in your book, but just help us out a little bit in terms of understanding what that must have been like for you, of a situation you were in, you were with your wife, you were out of town, you were sort of skeptical skeptical anyway, the way I understood it, and then you hear Jordan so clearly. Tell us about that. The technique itself uh, is, uses something called EMDR, eye movement uh, desensitization and reprocessing. It's a technique I use with my uh, trauma clients, but a small variation on that technique uh, where you move your eyes back and forth while visualizing the trauma scene, whatever it was, that uh, uh, the traumatic event. And um, the first uh, time we did it, nothing happened. And I thought, oh, my God, come all this way uh, and with all this hope. And this is, this is uh, a useless effort. And we did it one more time, and suddenly I had this absolute clarity of his voice in the room as if he was speaking to me. It didn't feel like it was inside my head. It felt like he was literally in the room talking. And what it felt like was this unbelievable relief. I felt this this weight that I had carried and not even realized how heavy it was ever since the moment the uh, medical examiner called me to tell me of his death. And I I, I, I carried this weight of, of kind of a, a despair almost. I'd lost him. He was... He was nowhere I could ever find him, uh, and and I had no idea if he was okay. And that weight lifted, and I felt a sense of hope, really, for the first time since his death. So and Judy did not uh, have that experience. She went there. She went through the process. She didn't have the experience of hearing from him. Uh, but it was for me uh, this this huge step out of the darkness and uh, and feeling like he was there and somehow I was going to find a way to reach him, not just passively to hear his voice, but I wanted to actually have a conversation with him, to be able to ask him questions and hear his answers. And so that makes me wonder, uh, when I was reading your book, I got to the part where you said, you really can't stand self-deception, and you yourself were trying to reconcile between your scientific self and this part of you that had 
as it turns out, always sort of been fascinated or curious or open to, maybe more appropriately, um, the idea that our souls live on. Um, how did you or have you reconciled this? How have you not wavered uh, in this, this connection that we're going to talk about in a little bit, the way you maintain connection with Jordan? Well, I still... Uh truly despise self-deception and so it, and something that my father felt and, and in, imbued in me and uh, and so the, this journey to try to reach Jordan and to and to engage him in these conversations uh, by necessity has a certain amount of doubt connected to it. Doubt and reaching, I think, are inseparable. If you're going to reach to the other side, if you're going to seek spiritual knowledge, uh, there is no way you can do that and, and completely leave behind doubt. In fact, if you leave behind doubt, you're in dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that the experience for me um, has always happened right next to a healthy dose of skepticism. But a lot of things have happened that have um, helped give me a sense of optimism and confidence that something real is occurring. Some of those things are that uh, Jordan's communications with me are in, involve telling me things that I'd never thought of. Uh, were, much of what he has to say is absolutely... Uh, unknown to me. I, th- these are ideas that have never ever occurred to me. So they're literally coming out of the blue. So when so when he's answering questions and and and, and is introducing concepts and and uh, and images of the afterlife that I have no knowledge of, this impresses me. It, it, it suggests that this is not something I'm just producing from my own mind. Also, the way he communicates is very different from how I talk and communicate. And everyone who has read the book and knows him is, is, acknowledges that uh, this is not how I talk. <laughs> so the transcripts of, of what he says are very different from my communication style. Uh, also, I've had co- confirming information from uh, mediums. And that's another way to, to, to work on this and to get some degree of, of confidence that you're uh, not um, shouting into the empty dark. And, and you can use mediums. And, in fact, I have a dear friend who consulted a medium who told her, uh, apropos of nothing, that uh, there's a young man here. He's just shown up. Uh, he died violently. I don't know what this is about. Uh, but he, he's t- he tells me to tell you that he's writing a book with his father. Well, at that point, only six people in the world knew I was writing that book, and she was certainly not one of them. The medium is Austin Wells. She knew nothing about it. And the fact that Jordan could convey to her mm-hmm. and to, to deliver a message to me yeah. uh, suggests it gave me more confidence that what was, what was going on here had, had some authenticity. Of well, that makes sense, and it stands to reason at this time on the planet like, whatever they're calling this time on the planet where there's a quickening or an awakening, that people are becoming more open, people that have really revered the mentalization or the you know the, the uh, reasoning mind, whatever we want to call that, above um, all else, uh, the spirit realm, et cetera, the invisible realm, 
uh, is starting to shift. So it, it seems consistent with a lot of the things a lot of us are hearing. Um, so that said, here's, here's another uh, question for you, Matthew, that I think is a concern for a lot of us, um, is what about pain? What does this mean for all of us in the, in the terms of the way we contextualize our experience of pain? So, for example, when I read the book, there was a kind of excruciating pain that I could feel, and the precision of your words, by the way, was extraordinary. The use of metaphor was, was so, I mean, it was chilling, literally chilling to me, the, the choice of your words to describe some of the ways you felt. Yet, even in hindsight, as you were writing those words, you could access that pain. But you could, I have this sense that the pain diminished substantially when you make contact or what you believe to be contact with Jordan. Talk to us about that because here's the thing. So many of us, are, we're hearing this term spiritual bypass, right, where we can just sort of catapult over a grieving process or a natural loss. Can, can you talk about, do you, are you following me here? I am I'm following you. And the, the pain of losing Jordan continues, and I can cry at the drop of a hat nearly eight years later, but the, the pain is mitigated and softened by knowing that I can talk to him virtually any time I want. Jordan and just and all the souls on the other side are just a thought away. You if you think about that soul, you start to open the channel and you can begin to communicate. And so for me to know that I can do that, that I can visit him virtually any time, that I can answer ask him questions, I get his advice all the time about things that really matter to me. I have come to rely on that and while missing him missing the physical Jordan and, and getting to see all the things he would be doing on this planet uh, that is an ache that nothing will ever take away the knowledge that he is he still loves me he is still in contact He the, the conversations that we had in life can continue uh, with him on the other side that has brought me unbelievable solace. And that's one of the things that, one of the reasons why the book exists. Yeah, exactly. Is to convey that to other people, that that, that channel can be opened, and you can choose to open that channel. It's not that you're, you're not helpless. You're not at the mercy of mediums and psychics. You can open that channel yourself and and that's why i'm hoping to give people the power to do so beautiful we're going to go to break and we come back more with matthew mckay uh who is the author of his new book seeking jordan how i learned the truth about death and the invisible universe and we're going to talk about how to make that connection ourselves right here on marion live don't touch that dial we'll be right back right after these messages I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. 
Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered no, no more, more love life drama, drama for us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. you're with us today. Joining us is Matthew McKay, Ph.D. He's written a book called Seeking Jordan, How I Learned the Truth About Death and the Invisible Universe is the title. It's an extraordinary account of uh, Dr. McKay's journey reconnecting with his son after a, a very violent death that occurred uh, some eight years ago now. And uh, He's written a book to help us understand how we can reconnect with our loved ones on the other side, that we don't necessarily need mediums, that we have within us the, the capacity to cultivate these relationships. So, Dr. McKay, before the break we were talking about getting a lay of the land, um, but we were talking about pain, and during the break you were saying the importance of understanding pain uh, is, is really integral to some of the lessons that you want to you know, reach our listeners with today. Jordan really has made it clear to me that we come to this planet to learn, that, that that's the only purpose of incarnating. We are here to learn, and that souls leave the life between lives for this very difficult physical universe in order to actually face pain. In the afterlife, there is no pain. There, there is no struggle. And there are certain lessons that cannot be learned unless we enter a physical universe where we can experience emotional, physical, 
psychological pain and through that pain learn lessons that could be n- never understood or known any other way. Uh, the core uh, lesson that we face here, as far as what Jordan tells me, is how to learn how to love in the face of pain. Uh, love is easy in the afterlife. There is telepathy and, and literally the, the energy that connects every soul, every, every bit of consciousness is love. So love is, is easy to come by. There's no resistance to it. Here, we have everything stacked up against our ability to love. All the psychological, emotional, physical struggles uh, all get in the way of love. And for us to learn how to love in the face of that is exactly why we're here. It's exactly what life purpose is all about. And we, we, can't, we think that we, we should try to avoid pain and, and maximize pleasure and happiness, and that that's the purpose of life, and that if we are in pain, that that's, that's a failure, that we've screwed up somehow. Uh, and Jordan tells me that's just, this is just the opposite, uh, that we literally come here for pain and all the lessons that pain offers and all the struggles that will will teach us crucial uh, wisdom. So the pain is not so much something to be avoided or suppressed, mm. but in the face of pain we ask the question, what can this teach me? Right, which oftentimes feels impossible, doesn't it, when we feel eclipsed by the pain. So how do we get space from feeling over-identified or just awash with the pain? Well, part of the answer, I think, is to know as best, to the extent we can, where we come from and why we're here. The the difficulty, of course, for us is that we come here and, and we suffer from amnesia. We forget everything. We don't know where we come from. We don't know... Uh, why we're here, we, we arrive feeling very alone, and, and the amnesia is necessary because we need to take this life very seriously. We need to forget that we've had hundreds of lives and, and, and extraordinary experiences uh, with many different identities on earth. And we need to forget that just so we can take this, this seriously. Jordan calls it a play. We're, we're here in a play. And, and, and we are playing a certain role, a certain part. So to take it seriously, we have to forget where we come from. Part of the work, though, is to start learning a little bit about some of our spiritual roots and in doing so to see pain with a different perspective. That it's just not, a, it's not something that's just unfortunate or uh, to be gotten rid of. I mean, we live in a culture that just, you know, if you feel pain, take an aspirin, you know, get rid of it. And then when people are in pain uh, that doesn't go away, we sort of want them to hide away. We put them in nursing homes or we, or we just ask them to, you know, kind of stay away until they're better. So we don't like to be around pain and we, we resist it. Uh, in fact, there's a whole different relationship to pain that we can have if we have spiritual awareness, and that is that the lesson is in the pain, mm-hmm. that the learning is in the pain, and our transformation and growth as souls is in the pain. Yeah, and this is challenging, particularly in this culture, because we are so reductive, right? Mm-hmm. The scientists, you know, that we're so motivated to moving on, getting over it, you know, etc., that this is a challenge, this is a new sort of a new axiom or, or an epistemological shift for most of us, isn't it, right? We really have to shift the way we experience our reality. 
and how we know that we know our reality, really, right? That's that's exactly right. We have to shift our experience of our re- of our reality. That the perception that we are here to be happy, that we are here to be um, to have pleasure and to maximize those things and to minimize pain. Uh, has gotten us completely off course because then our life is about trying to get rid of pain. We're about trying to suppress and and push away difficult uh, feelings and experiences. In fact, pushing that stuff away actually takes us further and further from life purpose, further and further from our values, further from what matters, and further from... Uh, our our connection to the divine we really are missing out so the pain pleasure agenda is really um doing us no service as souls Mm -hmm. so uh jordan is channeling or telepathically giving you a lot of information these last eight years let's back up a little bit and talk now about this channels writing, one of the ways that you um, began to connect with Jordan. And, and can, can everyone do that? Everyone can do channeled writing. It doesn't require being clairaudient or having any psychic powers. Uh, certainly, I have no psychic powers. I don't see dead people. I don't have uh, the ability to look into the future. And I have learned how to do this and it's actually the steps toward channel writing are are rather simple i learned from uh, psychologist ralph metzner who's a specialist in after death communication and so here are the things that really anyone can do who wants to speak to and, and converse with those on the other side first of all you have to get a a, a place where you're going to do this uh, and where you feel centered. Uh, I I use a desk that my parents gave me when I was a boy, and it, it sort of connects me to my past. And get, sort of there's a sense of self that that uh, somehow that object uh, evokes in me. And uh, so that that desk is necessary. And then the next step is a focusing agent like a candle. Well, I'm going to have you hold your thought for just a minute. Matthew McKay, Ph.D., author of Seeking Jordan, How I Learned the Truth About Death and the Invisible Universe, is going to be joining us right after these messages for more, talking about how to use channeled writing to connect to your beloved, which may have passed, or another soul, a disembodied soul. We'll get back right after these messages. Don't touch that guy. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. 
We've ordered no more love life drama for us. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Glad you're with us today. Uh, it's it's really profound to imagine that you can connect with a beloved that you've lost, someone who's passed recently or in another lifetime, or even an, uh, a relative that maybe you you know never knew. Um, there's a way. There is a, a way, a place to connect. Says Matthew McKay, who's joining us today, who in fact has for the last eight years been conversing with his son via channeled writing, which is one of the first ways he learned to connect with Jordan and, and the myriad of information and gifts, including understanding our purpose, why we're here, what happens when we get to the other side, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before the break, Matthew, you were, you were sort of breaking it down for us that anybody can do this and that there are a couple of things you need to be able to do to have a sacred place, um, and uh, you anyway. Let's let's pick up from that. Absolutely. So yeah, a, a place where you feel centered, that you can go to, and it's consistently where you go to do the writing. Uh, a focusing agent candle is a good example. I use a candle that shines behind a, a glass mask that my daughter brought me from Mexico. And uh, the next thing you need is a physical object to connect you to the person you love on the other side and for me i i just use a little a business card that jordan printed up that said uh, jordan mckay's uh, ceo omega technologies and there was no omega technologies he uses in high school to get into trade shows tech that. shows and uh, but it reminds me of his audacity and, and his humor and uh, so i use that little card as my object to connect and anyone who does channel writing can you know just choose anything that belong to the, their beloved uh, or that the, their loved one gave them. Uh, next, you need a process for getting into a receptive state. And you can use different, different people use process. Some, some people use prayer. Some people use um, a kind of auto-hypnosis. Uh, I use just a simple meditation process, a positive meditation process of focusing on the breath. And when thoughts come into my mind, just... Uh, noticing them but returning attention to the breath and just keeping the attention there until I reach a place just subjectively feel like I'm ready I'm 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 subjectively ready and receptive uh and, and I can I can begin to feel uh Jordan's presence now do you need to set an intention in terms of who you want to talk to uh, that seems maybe in the beginning this wasn't as clear as it is for you now, but for folks just starting out, do you do you say, hey, I'm I'm trying to reach so and so. Are you there? Uh, or you know, how does that work? Yeah. So once I get into that receptive place, I've meditated for me maybe maybe two or three minutes of, of meditation. Then it's important to write out a question, physically write a question out in the notebook that's directed toward that particular loved one, that particular soul. Then, then let yourself visualize or just hold awareness of that soul and your feeling of love for them. Just, just hold awareness of the soul in your mind, your feeling of love for them, 
you've written the question out, and just wait for the first word to show up. Oftentimes, it won't show up. The first communication won't be a whole sentence. It'll just be a word, and then just wait for the sentence to finish. And then usually that'll start a stream of sentences. Uh, in the beginning, they, they tend to be short communications. After a while, you're, you're going to be able to have much longer communications where the, the, where the information is more complex. Sometimes it isn't words that show up. It's just a, an idea, a fully formed idea that you then have to find words to describe and, and write down. But whether it's words that show up or, or a concept or an idea, it doesn't matter. You simply write down the answer until it stops, and then you write the next question. So the process is not terribly hard. What is challenging is to hold that that doubt and th- that um, uncertainty in suspension. You just have to you, you have to allow it to be there. You can't deny it or push it away. But allow it to be there, and yet do the process anyway. So, so Dr. McKay, what is the difference between this kind of communication and say? Um, uh, imaginal inquiry, like Carl Jung's process of connection, are they similar? And, and if so, how or how are they different? I think it's operating very much on a similar similar process. Um, if, if we start with the premise that the people, the souls on the other side, are just a thought away, that we open the channel as soon as we think of them, and then we can begin the communication process by entering into some kind of um, a receptive place in which we have we have questions and, and allow those questions to get put out there. This is not particularly different from from what Jung did, uh, and there are lots and lots of people who've used automatic writing and and and, and variations on this mm-hmm. to have communication to the other side. This is a well worn right. uh, strategy, well well established. Yeah, I remember reading Henri Corbin's work, which I, I know some folks are familiar with, and he's a, an Islamic scholar. You probably know him well. Um, and he tries to describe sort of his realm, right? Um, how, how did you get there? What What's the difference between being embodied and disembodied? And he's got some beautiful writing about that. And it, his work made me think about your journey, your very personal journey to finding really natural connection. That was the thing that struck me most about your book, is it sort of even surprised you, a professional psychologist, you know, who understood things in a particular way, and yet this longing inside of you, this this sort of uh, earnest kind of innate knowing that this was even possible, that was so beautiful to me. And so my question is to you, what do you think about why we've suppressed that in this culture? Do you have anything to say about that? I mean, without getting into a whole big other show, you know. But, I mean, this is in us, right? Your son is sort of screaming it at the rooftops. This is who we are. We're here to love and be connected, and even when we're you know, not in a body. What do we think about our culture in this respect? I think part of it is this uh, will to get rid of pain, you know. So we, we lose someone... And we respond to that loss by trying to push and push and push away the experience, uh, literally even pushing away the person we've lost yeah. 
so, so this is a cultural normative that we just don't want to feel bad. And I'm trying to come at it from somewhere else. The bottom line, we don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel pain. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to be back for our last segment with Dr. Matthew McKay, the author of Seeking Jordan, How I Learned the Truth About Death and the Invisible Universe, right after these messages. Everybody sit tight. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered No More, more Love, love life, life Drama for, for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerano is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life. Life.net, the positive radio network. Back, everybody. Dr. Matthew McKay is joining us. His book, Seeking Jordan, How I Learned the Truth About Death and the Invisible Universe, is joining us today. Um, Matthew, we were talking before the break um, about the cultural normative of not wanting to feel pain, and this is a point we've come back to a couple of times in the program. And you said during the break, you know, past life regression has really been a bridge for you, for your clients, and, and, and many of your colleagues are starting to see this. Let, let's talk a little bit more about this in one of your experiences that you had that was so profound. Well, past life regression can often open a door to realizing uh, why we're here. Uh, because if we look at what we did in past lives, the lessons we were struggling at, with or are uh, really the unlearned lessons of those past lives are often being enacted and showing up again in this life. And what occurred to me when we were talking is that I, I had a past life regression in which um, I was um, a, a bookbinder, uh, I think somewhere in England, and um, uh, 
I during the regression I can see my family, I can see my wife, I can see where I live in this little uh, seaport town. And uh, as I'm looking at my wife in the in the scene, I I know who she is in this life. I know who she is, and I I almost don't want to even believe it or, or recognize it. It feels very strange. But she's Jordan, and uh, her, her name is Elizabeth in that life. But what was what struck me about that is that uh, I, I she died early in that particular life. Uh, I was bereft, but shut it out of my mind. I, I literally shut her away. I pushed her away. I wouldn't allow myself to experience the loss. Later on, my children left. I pushed all memory of them away. And so I dealt with loss by simply shutting the love down. I will not feel this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting the, the cord, the channel. Um, and I think that was uh, that, that lesson that I really didn't learn in that life. Uh, by shutting off my relationship and, and the love that existed between Elspeth, also Jordan, and myself. Uh, it's a lesson I continue to work on in this life so that when Jordan died, uh, I felt impelled to not cut him off, to not shut the, shut down that, that channel, uh, but to do everything I could to open it wide and to allow him to come through. And I was able, you know, in spite of the pain, I was able to actually have the experience of knowing that we, we remain connected through love and to feel the depth of that and to feel the, uh, feel the, the, the healing warmth of that. Um, so, so, yes, uh, there were lessons uh, that I had to learn, and there were personal lessons uh, for my soul about, about not pushing away the dead uh, but they are also lessons I think that can be important to others. That 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 loss, that pain, we, in spite of that, in the face of that, we can open the channel, open the door, and reconnect in a way that we we actually the, the relationship continues to nourish us. Absolutely. Well, there are other topics that you cover in the book that we've touched on. Um, purpose. What our purpose is here. You talk about. Um, when we get to the other side, sort of a counsel that greets us, uh, when you get a copy of the book, you will be just delighted with the depth and breadth of this uh, portal, to use a word we talked about earlier, uh, an entry point into uh, the idea that we can be uh, and remain connected with the other side and that they want to be connected with us. Uh, they're waiting for us to tune in and connect uh, in this field of love. Uh, the, the last thing, though, that I, I would like you to, to mention is, is God. You said that there were some important things. It's certainly a big subject, but what are what are some of the things you learned about God? Jordan? Well, Jordan has been very clear with me that uh, the idea of a personal God, you know, somebody sitting on a throne with a long beard, is is really not accurate. It's um, a human representation, really, uh, that God really is all of us, that collective consciousness or the all or the divine is really all of our consciousness, all souls uh, that that are on some level able to unite and we're, we're all that collective consciousness has the power uh, literally to make the universe, uh, to create anything. Um, and that that really our job here is to learn and 
and gather wisdom, which we bring back to collective consciousness, back to the all, back to God, and that God continues to evolve. God is not static. God is not perfect. God is all of us continuing to evolve and grow uh, through the knowledge and wisdom that we gain as souls in each incarnation. So we have a sacred mission here in the face of all this pain. We get to bring back everything we learn to the whole and to God, and we and God evolves and grows and will create a more perfect universe from everything that that we have we have learned and gained in each lifetime. That's just gorgeous. Now, you said that you and Jordan are writing a book. Tell us about that as we come to the top of the hour. The, the work we're doing now is we're, we're developing um, a, uh, a, a process for spiritual growth, uh, for learning how to have wise mind, and it even uses a little bit of channeled writing to uh, help people connect to um, spiritual knowledge on the other side and get really f- focused on what their life purpose is here now. So it's, it's a process we've been working on, and we're going to test it out uh, this coming fall. We're going to start these groups and uh, and see how they work for people. Oh, gorgeous. I'll bet you there'll be a lot of people in very interested in that, given that we know when we don't know what our purpose is, uh, we can suffer greatly, right? Yes. An important part of our journey. Well, Wow. Okay. Well, you'll keep us posted on that, hopefully, and we'll let all of our listeners know how they can get involved. Uh, Matthew McKay, we're coming to the top of the hour. What do you want to leave us with today? The core message that Jordan has given me and the reason for the book is to know that the cycle of life and the circle of life is unbroken. That death is really nothing. It's just a mere transition to go, to go from the physical to the, to the spirit world. But that the relationships are unbroken. They are there. They can be accessed anytime you want. And the strength and the guidance and the support and the love is there if you just open the channel. What a beautiful message. We're so grateful that you were able to transmute and transform your pain and suffering a beautiful gift for us all. Matthew McKay, we're so grateful to have had you on the program. Thank you so much. You bet, everybody. You sit tight. We're going to be back for our wrap right after these messages and uh, tell you more about how to get in touch with Matthew McKay. And in the meantime, you can get a copy of his book, Wherever Fine Books Are Sold. Sit tight. We'll be right back for our wrap right after these messages. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? 
We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. everybody for joining us today. Oh, can you feel your breath and hanging on to your heart? I know many of you are excited to try and reach out and connect with some loved ones on the other side, or maybe you feel confirmation uh, that you already have. Uh, you want to pick up a copy of this book. It's really quite beautiful. It's validating, astonishing, and, and heartwarming. And if you have yourself or know anybody who's experienced this kind of excruciating loss, the unconscionable, the unmentionable kind of loss of losing a child, you are going to want to read uh, Dr. Matthew McKay's book, Seeking Jordan. All right, so for the rest of us who are going to come back and join us again, Lori Pye is going to be joining us, professor at uh, Pacifica Graduate Institute and, and other uh, beautiful universities. Uh, she's going to be talking about heartbreak, uh, recovering from loss, love, and mourning. Oh, yes, the theme goes on. How are we going to heal? She's going to be talking about neuroscience and the uh, art of healing heartbreak right here on Marian Live. Okay, go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Have that be the third part of your practice today. Every blessings until we meet again. Take care, everybody.